0: This is Michelle dawes of Real Chicks Rock, and this is RCR Presents Real Discussions, the podcast. Enjoy.
1: We have
0: somebody that I really respect and, and adore. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My my friend and a colleague, is, can I say that? That's We're right, yes, yeah, yes. We work together and do a lot of things here in the house community here in Atlanta, but before we start that conversation, I just wanted to give... People a little background about what Real Chicks Rock is all about. It's all about empowering women through various different ways. We do it through community service. We do it through our brand, (laughs) the t-shirt line. We do it through the arts, and we do it through public speaking and mentoring. And today, again, it's another way that we give back through community service, and we're doing it through the arts platform, and we're always excited to be here and having an opportunity to share our thoughts and have conversations with interesting people here on NSYNC Radio. So, um, with that being the backdrop and what RCR is all about, I just want to kind of get into it today. Today, my guest is none other than Stan Zeff. Oh, that's my name. <laughs> can I call I you Dozy on the show? Yes, you can call me Dozy okay, on the no. show. You say it. Nobody says it like no, you, so say, okay, you, can, you, can, you can do that. You okay. can do that. There you go. Stan, Welcome.
1: Thank you. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me. Yes,
0: glad to have you here. I want to talk to you about so many different things, but I want to start from the beginning, right?
1: Okay. I want to talk about... How far back are we going? I
0: want to go back to you um, being in London, right? Okay. You're born and raised in London, is that correct? That's correct. All right, all right. So what was it like for you being a kid in the UK, in London in particular?
1: Um... My, uh, my well, first of all, I come from a West Indian background. Okay. So I'm first generation West Indian in England. Really? So my parents came from St. Lucia in the 1950s mm-hmm. and um, came over to England looking for work with mm-hmm. more money and mm-hmm. stuff. And they was really young and they mm-hmm. just, you know. Um, but my my father is a visionary. Okay. And um, so he had the bright idea of moving from inner city London to outside of London mm. to the suburbs which is where I was brought up okay. so I was in a predominantly white um, area really neighborhood okay so I had the challenges of of you know um, being a minority mm-hmm. a real minority mm-hmm. in a in a white area mm-hmm. as well as being from a Conservative, very conservative West Indian background. Right, right, so right. It was kind of challenge. Okay, brothers yeah. and sisters. Three brothers, three sisters. Wow, so it's a yes. big family. It's a big family. So
0: you yeah. guys are in London. You're growing up. It's, it's, it's an early time, right? So you're young kid. What kind of music did you guys listen to?
1: All across the board. Everything from the Electric Light Orchestra mm. to the Beatles to Marvin Gaye to Freddie McGregor, right? Um, Bob Miley. We, we listen to all of it. Everything. Jim Reeves, country music, country western. Really? Everything. Everything. Yeah. Everything. So very
0: diverse, music. Very diverse. Are you yeah. a, mus- a musician? Do you play an instrument um, any
1: I started off playing trumpet. Really? Yes, trumpet yeah. and then drums. Mm. Yeah.
0: Did you have a love for one or the other?
1: Um, drums, obviously. Yeah. That, uh, that, that uh. appealed to me more. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and uh but the trumpet oh and i was in a boys brigade as well so i played the bugle so really? the brass thing has got something to do with me somewhere mm, but mm. it didn't last long like was, horns right sound yeah. horns blowing wind right. instrument that type right. of thing and yes. then the drums really was the love
0: yes did you play it in school or was it just kind of like
1: home like both really in school and at home my older brother had a band mm. okay so because we was a large family in a uh, smallish house, mm-hmm. um, we had what we called the boys' room and the girls' room, so <laughs> all four boys were in one room, mm-hmm. and my brother had a band, my older brother had a band, so believe it or not, there's four, imagine four boys in a room, yes. plus a band, and all the band wow. members used to come around and practice on Sunday afternoons, wow. so um, so that was kind of my first introduction to, to, music. to music. How
0: old were you when that happened, um, roughly? Was it 10, 12, or a little younger? Something like that. So just pre-teen age. Pre-teen age, And you just was like, I want to start. Did you self-teach yourself, or you just kind of, you had lessons or what? Yeah,
1: probably, yeah, self-taught.
0: Self-taught. So you have a musical ear.
1: Yes. And
0: and that's going to pay off as we continue the conversation. So that's London. And so then we we're there, and we're growing up, and then there's music. When was it that you had exposure to like a party event like when did you go out did you go out with your older brothers and they say come on stan come with us we're going to this the scene
1: or what okay well i got two elder brothers and um it was quite funny because when i was growing up Mm -hmm. in our boys room my eldest brother was into reggae Mm. and my older brother was um into funk soul disco all that kind of stuff Mm. so um Back in the back in the seventies, there was a there was a big divide between reggae heads mm. and soul heads. So, <laughs> you know, my eldest brother used to say, you know, oh, you know, you soul boys, you know, all you do is sweat <laughs> up. You go in a party <laughs> and sweat, and and uh, you know, I just in the party and I take it cool. So, mm-hmm. part of the in the bedroom was was reggae music, and the other part was soul. Mm-hmm. My older brother who was into soul. He was a DJ. Right. So he had all the equipment, so as as well as all the band stuff, Mm -hmm. he had um, DJ equipment in there as well. So I used to help him lift boxes, carry records and stuff like that when he used to do his gigs. Wow. So that was my first introduction to... To, um, to, to music. Wow. So, and my eldest brother, he used to collect reggae music as well. So he had lots of vinyl.
0: So you were around. a crate boy. You were the record guy.
1: The box boy. That's what they used the to call box The,
0: boy. the box boy. I've seen that in some of your descriptions. Of, right. You're the box
1: boy. The box boy, So that's yeah. where it came from. That's where it came from. So
0: yeah. when did you know? Like, when did you first, because I assume you first played, you first DJ on vinyl. Is that a safe yes. assumption? <laughs> so when did you first put the needle to the record? When did it happen for you?
1: Oh, I can't even remember. Really? Because I, uh, actually, I somehow came across an old record player. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where I got it from, but it was mine. And I was still in school, so I must have been about 12, 13. Really? So I was collecting vinyl, and I had this record player, and um, I used to just play music this and music. it was one of those ones where you used to stack up the the vinyl yeah and then and it would yeah so I used to put them in a specific order that I wanted to hear music with and then it just used to play and yeah. it was you know the record players that had the lid. so you used to when you finished with it, it just yeah, shut down yeah 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 had the catches at the side and stuff like that so I had one of those I don't know I can't remember where I got it from but I do remember one time I was wondering how does this thing work mm. so I got a pair of scissors and I cut the mains and this big spark came up so And it stopped working, so I was like, Is that the engineer
0: background? That's the engineer background.
1: (laughs) And the engineer background led me to fix it, so, you know.
0: (laughs) So musician, engineer, all in one, doing it all. Yes. So you were like maybe 12 or 13 when you first really decided to really start playing records just for yourself. When you played, when you were playing this music, how did the family respond? Did they start to dance? Did they sing? Did they say, Stan, what are you doing? Was it ever a question or... Was it because it was so many people, people just let you do your own thing?
1: Yeah, uh, pretty much they just let me do my own thing. Mm-hmm. But it was, you know, there was always music. I remember when my cousins came around, they, they would say, there's always music playing in your house. Because right. we just live 24-7, literally. When we were sleeping, there was music playing. So, um, you know, I think my family just went along with the flow. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we would, you know, just, just dance, just the kids. Mm-hmm. would just dance in the front room. You know, you know the West Indian yeah. front room that you're not supposed to go into? Only when company's there. Only when company's there. We <laughs> used to sneak in there and play music because that's where the record player was. So oh, we used to go in there and play music and dance and stuff like that.
0: I, so, I know it all oh so well because um, yeah. with my mom and grandmother being from Jamaica, it was you can only use certain dishware when right. company came. Yes. It can only be in certain rooms. Right. And it was the room where you enter
1: entertained entertained and right. you
0: the kids typically dance and sing right. and and the older yeah. people got a kick out of it so i totally understand right. it i want to kind of fast forward a little bit to where you're more of an adult a young adult and you're in mm-hmm. london and you have this love for music yeah and how did it transition so i want to i want to get a insight or a feel for the very first party you you probably dj at
1: okay i can remember that well can you yes how did it go Very well, actually. Really? Um, What it was, is, I was at school, Mm -hmm. so I was about 15 years old, and um, I was with a group of friends that we all used to collect vinyl, so we said, okay, let's do a party, and so what I did was I went to the local community center, and I think it was like 50 bucks to to rent the- That's uh, pretty
0: high for back then.
1: Right, yeah, to rent the hall. It was from like 7 to 11- p.m. on a wow. Friday night, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. i got a picture of it somewhere. I have to <laughs> dig it out. But um, So what we did, we rented it, um, and we sold the tickets in the playground. Mm. So um, it was like 50, 50 pence each for a ticket. So um, we sold tickets in the playground to all our friends and stuff like that. I, my brother lent me the speakers wow. and the equipment to do it, and, and we just played. Since
0: 15? 15.
1: 15. Yeah. You made
0: a profit at 15. I think
1: we did, yeah, yeah. Of course
0: you did. Yeah. You had no overhead probably. Right, exactly. You made enough money to pay yeah. the 50 that you... Was it a deposit or you had to pay that? Did it you get was a 50
1: a... in advance. You had to yeah. pay 50, 50 pounds. Awesome. What yeah. was
0: the turnout like?
1: It was pretty good. I think it was about... It was full. So it was about 50, 60 people Okay. There. It wasn't a big place. Okay. It was just a little community hall.
0: Was it always diverse? Was the crowd a diverse always, crowd? Always,
1: yeah. It's London. London's very diverse. Awesome. So... Um, Everyone was into the music, mm-hmm. you know, so there wasn't a, you know, oh, that's for this type of music, right. these type of people, people. That, that type of people. It was, it was all it was very, very much diverse. So
0: once it bit you at 15, how often did you start to have parties after that point?
1: Um, pretty often, mm. pretty often, because back in those days, it was um, the culture was sound system. Mm -hmm. So you had to be part of, well, you didn't have to, but a lot of people were part of uh, guys, especially Mm -hmm. you were part of a group, a gang as it were, Mm -hmm. but it was called a sound system. Mm -hmm. So a sound system was like a group of five, six guys. And, and, you know, um, so you had one of the guys was the technologist. He was the one that, you know, build all the amplifiers, put the speakers together and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. One of the guys was the DJ. Mm -hmm. Another guy could have been the selector. So he picked out the good music to play that night. And then you had a guy that did all the flyers, someone who did the promotions. So it was like a little company that came together and everyone had their own roles. Mm. Another person was on the mic, you know, so. Say one. One. That's right. (laughs) So that was, that was the culture. That was the culture back then. So I was very much part of that.
0: And you rolled with that.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Did you wear multiple hats in that? Like cuz you have a very innate now uh ear for sound. Mm-hmm. Like I I see you and you're like you're very particular as to how the sound is. So yeah. did you at that time you immediately learned other roles uh being part of the sound system crew or team, right? Yeah. 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 So you, you didn't always DJ?
1: Um for the most part I did. You did? but I was always interested in electronics. So I used to build amplifiers, mm-hmm. um, you know, just get all the components because that really used to interest me as well. So I used to do that and, um, you know, the promotion side. So I used, I used to, yes, I used to wear different hats, mm-hmm. but, um, primarily I was a DJ.
0: All the time. A
1: selector, Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Now from a selection of music, it, you guys played whatever you played reggae because I've I've heard you say sometimes in different settings when you get to play, and you get to play what you want. You mm-hmm. say, "Man, it reminds me of home." Right,
1: right. And
0: so when you play, you played anything that you wanted basically. Yeah. Was it more reggae infused or? or it was no? everything
1: from reggae, soca, soul, um, hip hop. Mm-hmm. Used to play across the board. Right. Because my brother used to, my eldest brother used to come and hear me DJ a lot. Really? So he used to like say, when, when you go and play, make sure you pay, take a bit of everything in your record box. Mm-hmm. Because if you see some people over there and they like soca music, they ain't going to tell you they want soca music, but you have to look at them and, and see that. You oh yeah, they're soca people. Yeah. So I need to play a couple of soca tunes to, to keep them happy. Yeah. Play some rare groove, play some reggae, play some soul. Yeah. Even though my primary genre might have been soul, I had to... Keep everyone happy. Mm. So So when did you switch?
0: When did you start to say, um, I like soul, but I really like this? Did it ever happen for you? This being
1: house music? Yes. Um, Yes, it did. Because what happened was I had a sound system called Shock, Mm -hmm. right? Shock sound system. And uh, we used to be common in in London. We used to play in London a lot. And we also used to travel around the country. And um, we used to go to Leicester, Mm. which is like the Midlands of England. Okay. We used to go to Leicester to DJ. So uh, one day I went up there and uh, we were waiting to go on and play. And this, the DJs before us were some local guys. Okay. And they were playing this stuff called House, right? And I was <laughs> like, wow, this is crazy. Because <laughs> people, people were people were like throwing each other up in the air. Really? And, and they were jumping and throwing each other up in the air and really going crazy for this music. Mm. And I was like, what is this music? <laughs> So when I peeped, o- peeped over the DJ, what he was playing is it had tracks, records mm-hmm. on the label. Right. So I was like, oh, I've got to check this out. I've mm-hmm. got to check this out. Mm-hmm. So, um, so when I went, came back to London, I started – I found a record store that was selling – purely house music was mm-hmm. a guy called Jazzy M mm. and he used to import all his music from Chicago really so I was buying all the, the tracks
0: what were some of the tracks at that time that you
1: purchased can you remember Jungle Wong mm. Fingers Inc mm. you know so it was, there was <laughs> a lot of stuff a lot of yeah. stuff Jamie N- Principal o- only
0: Chicago thing. nothing from New York no yeah. And and New York, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I think New York came a bit later, okay. but it was primarily it was when Chicago. I started, it was Chicago. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So
0: then you got this music. How did you introduce it to your fan base, like to your audience? Was it just a little at a time? How did how did that go for you?
1: It didn't go down well. Really, at first it didn't go down well because um, people used to used to mock us because before we we used to play across the board and in London at mm-hmm. that time in the mid eighties was very much rare groove. Mm. Very much um, old 1970s obscure music mm. and James Brown, obscure yeah. James Brown, right. a lot of that kind of stuff. So we was very the Meters was very much into that kind of stuff. Okay. So when we when we started switching it up and I was playing this uh, house music, people was like yeah, we, and we used to call it garage, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like yeah, it's just like gar- well in the English call it garage, right? <laughs> And, um, you know, and it was like, they used to say, yeah, it's, it's, it's garbage. Garage is garbage. garbage. And, and stuff like that. So they never used to acknowledge okay. what, what, we, what we were playing.
0: Right, right. But you kept on?
1: We kept, we kept doing it. And um, um, I, I played in the Notting Hill Gate Carnival. Nice. I used to do that every year. Nice. Um, and when we introduced house music, we had three to 4,000 people, right? Really? Getting yes. Getting down to this music. Yeah. So that's when everyone was like, oh. Okay. Okay. This is uh, something a bit different. Okay. okay. And people are, are getting into it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it, it kind of switched from there.
0: Mm. How old were you when that happened? Roughly. <sighs> were you paying taxes? Were you paying? Yes, I
1: was paying. Probably, probably <laughs> late, probably early twenties. Early twenties. Yeah. So ready. 19, 20, 21, mm. something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you
0: caught the bug. And yes. so did people come and say to you, "Stan, that was great." Like, what is that you playing? Did you start? people start questioning you what type of music this was. Did it come up to you and ask you, why are you making this change? Did you get that kind of vibe? Time.
1: All the time. They felt yeah. like you
0: were being disloyal to what yeah, you came from. Yeah, all the from.
1: time. It was because it was, it was a change. It mm-hmm. was a shift that people didn't really understand, mm-hmm. especially when we were um, where everything was at that time. You had um, a lot of warehouse parties going yeah. on, and there was a specific type of vibe and... and, and and um, energy in those warehouse mm. parties, and we would like switching that up, mm. you know. So um, at around 1988, mm. with the with what they call the Summer of Love, yeah, in London. I don't know if you heard of that. No, no. Summer of Love is when house music really took off in London. Really? Yeah, and it was it was the the year when uh, Chicago DJ started coming over and okay. stuff like that. So uh, my sound system. We used to play in this uh, in this warehouse in the centre of London. Mm-hmm. It was actually on top of the London Dungeons, mm. right? It's called mm. Clink Street. Mm-hmm. So we was the, we played there all summer, you know, Friday, Saturday, Friday and Saturday all summer, all summer long. Yeah, and uh, that was the ex- that was um, a, a memorable experience because it was like when house music really took off mm. in London, and people was exposed to it, and everyone. Who was anyone used to go there?
0: Wow! Just wow, to hang out, just to just hang to out. Be there. So when your party started in London, roughly what time did it start? Was it nine, eight, ten? What time did they start? Probably around
1: ten. And go until one, two, maybe not morning.
0: T- morning, like five, six in the morning.
1: Yeah, when we was playing, we always used to see sunrise. Oh my gosh! Playing. And that was every weekend. Ooh. We used to see su- uh, we used to see the sunrise. Mm, so mm, 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 straight off mm. the pipe, we used to get breakfast. <laughs> So I never used to get in my bed to, like one, two in the morning. What one, and two in the afternoon, afternoon. in the afternoon? The next day. Yeah.
0: And this was Friday and Saturday. This was Friday Summer '88, all summer, all banging summer. them out, yes. banging them out.
1: Yeah. King Street. Oh my goodness. Yeah.
0: So is it? When did you know that you loved house music?
1: When I first heard it. When you first heard it. Yeah.
0: That's when yeah. you said, "Oh my God, what yeah. is this?"
1: That's right. I got to get attached yeah. to it. Yeah. Awesome. I think it was um, Marshall Jefferson. Ooh house music. Yeah. I think mean, that's what, that's what did it for me. Yeah. When I first heard it, I knew, you know, that, that was it. That was I, it. Think, I think, I think that
0: got everybody. Right. I think yeah. it was, I have to agree with you. I think the sound yeah. that was coming out of Chicago and early parts of, you yeah. know, parts of New York, it yeah. was that, that kind of echoed and it was, you couldn't get enough of it. And you kept right. playing it over and over and over right. again. Right. And those soulful R&B people, didn't understand what it was that you were listening to.
1: Right, right.
0: Um, For me, it was that in conjunction to hip-hop, and they were like, what is that? And so it was really hard, and you kind of have to be a forerunner, a pioneer kind of somewhat, because you you feel like you're walking alone on this thing, but it's got your soul, right? You can't let it go, and you're like, this music is just incredible.
1: No matter what they say, no no matter matter (laughs) what people said, you know, it was like we had... I had to, it, had, you know? to had to do it. He had to do it. He had to do it. So
0: we're going to take a break. Okay. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a little bit more about London, but then what sparked the move from London to the States. Okay. All right? We're going to yeah. take a break. We'll come back. We hope you enjoyed listening to RCR Presents Real Discussions. Until next time, you take care and continue to rock on.